everybody, welcome to Nexus at Night. I still haven't been able to cut a mango successfully. I'm Atlas. I'm Matt. I'm Rupier. And I'm James. And uh, today on the Nexus at Night show, if you've been paying attention to uh, what's been going on in Vanguard, which uh, I'm guessing if you're here, you're trying to do that, um, we wanted to talk about if it's worth it to continue playing this game or even to get into this game, um, which I'm going to say that, spoiler alert, it's still going to be yes, because otherwise we don't have a job. <laughs> what? Because well, if, we, if we discourage people from playing Vanguard, then we have less listeners. You get paid That's for this? True, I guess. No, we don't get paid for the. Okay. <laughs> we get paid an exposure, apparently. We're so we're free if people stop playing. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> it well, it's more of should you be investing in the game in this particular time period, considering the state or in a of competitive the world. Standpoint. Yeah. Say a like, competitive standpoint. Okay, in a competitive standpoint. Yeah, right now we're in a really weird spot in the world as a whole, and we don't yeah. know when it's yeah. going to get better. Oh, it's like super awkward Same. right now. This is like Atlas circa 6th through 8th grade awkward. It's. I don't think we're quite there yet. Not Did yet. you even know me in 6th through 8th grade? What have you seen, James? I've seen everything, dude. Okay, because like... <laughs> I'm actually went... your dad. I could see it. But also... <laughs> <laughs> there's like this weird thing where you go everything's grand blue and then everything becomes grand blue and now everything's becoming pale moon and I he, mean he's a in time dark lord. in dark irregulars defense uh I mean they kind of already did soul things anyway so it kind of made sense uh okay. that's, that's but I was the one there. <laughs> I was the one who called Murakumo might have been tier one I was yeah. the one who called that you did you, you did call that <laughs> Give him, give him his stupid. I predicted everything correctly. Award. Do, we, do you want? Do you want to call this for? Uh, do you want to call this for next Murakumo? Oh man, this is a uh, okay. <laughs> Let me think for a second, okay? Because unfortunately, all the triple R's are essentially revealed. Unfortunately, <laughs> uh, this is tough. Okay, uh, is this regarding? Butterfly Moonlight, or are we talking about if it's Butterfly, worth it? Butterfly okay. Moonlight. There's but, a set review when that comes out, and we will get to it then. In the meantime, uh, so there have been uh, rumblings in the community. Uh, Solemn Vanguard put out a video a few days ago uh, opining that maybe uh Vanguard is gearing up for another reboot. Um which he's not for, by the way. He had to clarify that, but his thinking is that the last few sets of Tri Three and those trial decks, followed by not Silver Dust, the one, what was that after that one? Majesty Lord. Yeah, the Majesty Lord Legend Deck or whatever you want to call it. And then uh, Silver Dust and what we're seeing at a Butterfly Moonlight so far. And then they have the Shadow Paladin 
and the set with Aqua Force and Great Nature in quick succession afterward. So this kind of mirrors what we had near the end of G-Era, where you had sets uh, tw like 11, 12, 13 in that Bermuda set all within a few months of each other. And it was a free, like it was pandemonium, and then they're just like, okay, reboot time. So what do we think? Hmm. Uh, maybe. And they could also just buddy fight know, the I game. Don't buy the whole. <laughs> I think the community is like it, it, it's like smaller than like the big card games, but like it's it's still mm -hmm. a very stable community. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're not gonna buddy fight Vanguard. Vanguard sells too many packs. Yeah. Um, Actually, unfortunately, I, I really think. Hmm. I was gonna say like now that they like axe buddy fight, maybe they can put more attention on Vanguard problems. Pretty much. Maybe. We can certainly hope so. God. Yeah, I think uh, I don't really buy the. Um... Um, to the the re the sec like a second reboot. I don't think that's gonna happen. Yeah. Um, especially not this soon. Yeah. G. How long did G era go on for? G era. Years. Like three it years, did. I think. Here. Yeah. I'll I'll look that up while you guys are talking, but. <laughs> And like, V-Era started, what, 2018? Mm-hmm. Yes, and we're we're now about two years in, give or take some. Yeah, so we yeah. there's plenty of time for V-Era. And I, think the, I don't think they'll reboot the whole game. Um, I think people will be really mad at a second reboot, especially so early. Mm -hmm. um, I do think they'll just put something on top of what we have already. But gifts are becoming something that's just being really difficult to work around. Um, yeah, like, which is ironic. <laughs> for a while, we had except, you know, for, for the very beginning, we had you know protect clans being the best, mostly not because of the gift, but because they're really the best finishers. Mm -hmm. um, and also, then, like, like the tempo of the game was a lot slower, so protect could because they had free perfect guard, they could gain resources better than other decks too. And offensive mm -hmm. tools were just a lot weaker at the time. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the yeah, first... and then we get to this like. What's up? Uh, first G set comes out March 13th, 2015. And uh, the last G set, or at least uh, Ultimate December Shred. 2017. About, I think. However mm -hmm. long this takes to load, because my roommate is using the internet. So it's not going to be super fast. I'm totally stalling. You're right, just December 22nd, 2017, in English. Yeah. So, you know, it lasted just about four years, where you mean I don't th think their three years plan ago? is to... You said 2013 or 2014? No, 2015 to 2017. Oh, so oh. just... Yeah. Okay, so just about Jeez. three years, yeah. Um, Year? was a lot shorter than I thought it was. Yeah, that's weird. I guess that makes sense. Yeah, no, that no, that checks. Okay, mm -hmm. so, but that was, but that still had every other card printed before it in the pool. Yeah. 
I don't think their plan is to remove the these cards as soon as that. Um, I don't know. I think that would be really weird. But anyway, we had so we had this point where like protect was really good. Then we had like Excel getting really, really, really good. Mm-hmm. And then we had like, and now we have like Force Two being really good. Uh, and it's like, where are we gonna like? We're like, where are these things gonna check themselves ever? Like, I'm gonna be the kind of. I might get some flack for this, but I kind of feel like they might not want to, and people might not want to, but we might be approaching the point where maybe not necessarily reset, but there has to be some sort of really big change. Mm-hmm. Cause there's like, we've been kind of taking, if you observe the sets that have been released recently, there's been patterns that you can kind of see. There's a lot of decks that are getting a lot of pluses to like the to like um to the board from random places there's a lot of decks that are getting multi-attacks that traditionally did not have multi-attacks in these series mm-hmm. so it's like hey you're giving people you know the advantage that protect decks have you're giving people the multi-attacks that excel decks have and especially um, the concerning part especially is the multi-attacking part and the excel deck how aggressive you can be because that mm-hmm. just kind of shortens life of the game uh, or like the time you spend playing a game. So it's just kind of concerning that they kind of dealt with the super fast Excel decks by creating things that are about just as fast, but just hit a lot harder. Yeah. Like, uh, the cross recently, uh, I know Link Jokers are topping now that Japan is having tournaments again. Yeah, Link Choker and the Cross are like far and away the best decks. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Cross is no shock to anybody. Um, yeah. Like, right, but like uh, Link Choker, you know, looked looked quite good, and now they're playing the. Uh, I think they're playing the order that lets you unlock a unit. Yes, that was something we forgot so to bring they... up during the set review. Yeah. Yeah, I completely forgot that card existed. Honestly, me too. Uh, I just forget then, that like, orders so... exist. <laughs> You can like alter ego, call some, let's call the 30k, unlock it, attack with a force two circle on it. Yeah. It's like, yeah, good luck, dude. And yeah, that is pretty. And then lock it, give something 10k, attack with alter ego, unlock it. This is on grade three turn. Yeah. Yeah. Your their their idea of hurting Excel decks is giving other decks the kill power of Excel and the timing of the kill power, but just make them hit a lot harder. So you're more likely <laughs> to succeed. And it's, I don't think this is yeah. good for the game. I think this is a terrible direction. I think that item cards or whatever was their new mechanic is completely failing the game at the moment because, like, <laughs> it's not helping with the problems of the game. Yeah. It's, like, be- adding to the problems. Be- because... The only way they can stem uh, or like balance problems is either add more cards to the pool or hit stuff on a ban list. That's mm-hmm. it. That's all all they can do. And they're you know they they seem to have chosen the former option. And almost every time that they try and tip the scale 
a little bit, they go too far in one direction or another. Like, look at the beginning of Vieira where Protect was, like, fucking busted. And they're like, and Excel wasn't really doing anything. We have okay. two episodes both addressing the problems. And I have protected. Yeah. And I have something to say about Protect. Okay, so there were only, like, really two very relevant Protect decks, which was OTT and Angel Feather. Mm-hmm. The other Protect deck, they were like, okay. Like, they were kind of like mediocre. Okay. You can kind of play them, maybe get away with it. But it was only really those two decks. It was I don't think protective stuff was a problem. I just think they you know, they made Excel cards too weak. I think that was the problem. Yeah, and then they, they But then it but then jump but then yeah, go on. They Sorry. they kinda like you know jumped oh. the gun a little bit and made Excel too strong. And like that was actually what I think like Excel was the problem. Cause you see like entire pie chart of tops and everything is Excel. And, mm-hmm. like, not just one Excel deck, multiple Excel decks. Like, when you looked at Protect in the early time, it's only, like, you know, you've seen Angel, mostly Angel Feather, some OTT, and that's about it. The other Protect decks were, like, not really relevant. But now we have, like, five, four to five different Excel decks topping. And yeah. no, maybe one one Force and no Protect. Mm-hmm. Except that random Mega Colony or DI player. Poor Mega Colony. Um, yeah, I think and then this is where the gift problem really starts. Yeah, because they decided to make gift two, which again I'm for. I like the idea mm-hmm. of them doing that because it opened up, uh, you know, the chance for more design space, and they kind of yeah. wasted it. Honestly, um, the only they ones don't... that really got like a lot of experimentation, it seems, was Protect Two. At least in the case of design, versus force and Excel. Excel just became you're using Excel two in pretty much every scenario, and force one or two was under you know it was pretty well balanced for what it was. You know, some mm-hmm. decks wanted force one, some decks wanted force two, but there wasn't really much thinking behind it. It was just put force here, and that's it. Do it. You really think that they wanted to do with? Uh... With Vieira. What? I think, similar to how at the end of Vieira, all the clans had their own mechanics. I think mm-hmm. what they wanted to do with Vieira is kind of give each clan an outside thing to do. And you see them trying to force that now, right? Like, you see them trying to force, like, Pale Moon to have a stacking extra circle, right? They want, mm-hmm. uh, like... You know, like we tank vanguards with extra crits on them. You know, somehow they yeah. want like you know the special you know whatever whatever the fuck Meg is going to do. Like mm-hmm. they want to add all these or like plant tokens from Neonactor. Like they want to add all these extra things. And I feel like somewhere along the way they thought either giving each just each clan one of those wasn't spicy enough, or like just wanted something simple on every clan, like a gift. And I feel like gifts maybe were wrong in that sense. Maybe it would have been enough to give each clan like a unique like outside of game mechanic without putting gifts in the situation. Like you could like it wouldn't be so weird now, like looking at how they design cards now to say, hey, let's put a marker on a let's put a marker that counts as a new circle. You know, blah 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 blah. Like Blade Master has that vision like 
that's kind of what they want. But the gifts, I think, give make it difficult to create. Like the 30k, if no force gifts didn't exist, 30k would be an interest more interesting card. Yeah, but the fact that the thing's just bashing you with crit two the whole fucking game, I think it feels a lot worse. I think, and we could probably like make an entire video or entire podcast about where gifts a mistake. But mm-hmm. uh, I think one problem with the gifts, which is leading to some balance problems, and why I also kind of think this is heading towards a reset. Maybe not this year. And also another reason why I think they're heading towards reset is notice the main character clans haven't been getting a second set of support yet, even though it's been like four sets. Uh, I think that um, the problem is not only do you have to design cards within the space that you're given when there's other cards that might potentially break it, you also have to constantly design cards around this kind of like this mechanic, the gift mechanic. Because you can't, because like you can design card that's perfectly balanced without gifts with the rest <laughs> of the deck. But then once you add the gifts in, it's another thing that you have to balance around or else it could cause them to be busted. And I yeah. 100% think that's what happened with Excel 2. They decided hey, Excel's weak will give them a good gift and will also give them good cards. And that just completely broke the game. Without Excel 2, I don't think that the, uh, the Excel decks would necessarily be nearly as dominant as they were. Uh, well, they would just be because uh, Excel Excel's biggest problem was dealing with removal and having enough card advantage to you know prosecute an offense. So they thought, hey, Excel two can let you draw a card, and uh, which on paper sounds nice, and admittedly we were for that, but now it's you know a year and a half later, and. Uh, like I was saying, it kind of, they like overtip the scale. Mm-hmm. I, I think they they balance. I think they balance the cards with the other cards, but didn't quite get the balance between the gifts correct. Balancing the card and the gifts, because like there's no reason why uh, Silverthorn needed that much card advantage plus Excel two. Oh, of course not. <laughs> it was pretty fun though. <laughs> there's no reason why Murakumo can get consistent card advantage to you know get their grade threes and stuff like that, just so they can mm-hmm. like minus four your opponent's board. Yeah, and then Narukami not only had board removal, but could take cards out of your hand too with Vanquisher. Yeah. So it's like they didn't really consider the gifts that much into their calculation. Yeah. Do you think this potential reboot might be just like trying to nuke the gift system now that they've realized it's a mistake? I don't know. I actually really like the current like gimmick system they're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's interesting. I think it's easier to balance than gifts are overall because they have more freedom to change things. But yeah, that's like one of the reasons why we're talking about our topic, quote unquote topic for this uh, this one podcast. Because it's a topic. Why? If, yeah. if, if if everything is kind of heading towards a reboot in terms of game design, like they're starting to design themselves into a corner again, like G era, is it kind of worth it to spend on it right now at all? Um, I don't know. I mean, well, first off, we're in the middle of a pandemic. And That's part the of the reason this podcast, problem. you know, part of the reason why this podcast was able to keep going was that we never recorded in the same room anyway. So mm-hmm. 
it's just kept going, and we've mostly been keeping up with stuff. A, because it keeps me sane, and you do not want to see a feral me. But also, <laughs> it's, it's a way to, like, keep our hand in the community that has, you know, treated us this well, but we're not able to interact with said community. We're not getting a lot of results. We're not, you know, going to locals, and there's no stories to gain from that. We're just kind of stuck in our homes watching these sets get, get released, and you're like, oh man, I'd love to get that at some point, maybe, mm -hmm. when I see people again. I haven't seen, you know, my card game friends that, you know, here in town in over four months. <laughs> And, yeah. uh, that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> so... I remember the last time I've seen them. Same. Never had card game friends. And Part, now March. I don't have time to actually go out to locals to, like... I had, I had the one who lived nearby me. Uh, but he only plays Murakumo. So I am, like, an expert in that matchup. <laughs> I mean... There, there are ways to get around it. A lot of people are enjoying Vanguard Zero, which isn't quite the same, but it's something. Yeah. Um, or everyone's playing Russian Vanguard. Russian uh, Vanguard? Fucking, air, fucking yeah. area. Oh. Yeah. So to kind of yeah. tie these a bit together, so mm -hmm. right now there's no tournaments going on. There's nowhere to really play with friends in real life. So you can get the cards, but... Then what? They're fun yeah. to shuffle with, I guess. And then we have options like area, which area is not the most user-friendly place, and it depends on how much you trust a Russian website. But well, um, not only that, like the community on area is generally pretty bad too. A lot of people either have these weird, incomprehensible decks that aren't really relevant to how people would be playing, or they're like rules lawyers trying to abuse people who don't know any better, or yes. just don't know any better themselves yeah but you're not really going to play much anywhere else and mm -hmm. also like for me i have like i have some friends who also play so we just play with each other there and we're having fun playing with these cards that we don't actually have because there's no real reason to buy them right now yeah and then, then bushiro like, kind of went all in on zero and aren't giving us a yeah. resource to play modern vanguard online even for, like, area, uh, and this is, like, kind of a interesting thing, because, like, Max showed me this thing where it's, like, one of his friends modded cards into area. So I told one of my friends about it, and then he was like, I'm going to do that. So now all of the newly revealed cards in Butterfly the Moonlight are in, like, our friend group's card mm -hmm. like area. So in a way, it's kind of better than the physical card game at the moment in all respects. Uh... So, yeah, awesome. Like this, also one thing that's not entirely relevant to Bushi Road specifically, but the second hand market for cards is just really terrible. In general, well, or at this point in time? Uh, so yes, specifically for uh, specifically for like Kagero and Link Choker. Yeah. yeah, but like buyouts have been all the time. Need... Yeah. Yeah. So I think. Some people who receive, like, I'm not going to say this to everyone, I really don't care, but, you know, a lot of people received a bit of extra income, uh, <laughs> and those who could afford it, uh, probably, uh, we saw a huge increase in sales to Vanguard cards, right? Yep. 
Yep. So a lot of the older cards got their price, which has driven up quite a bit. And now with the release of the cross, Dote is now a necessary addition to that deck. Dote is an older card. Mm-hmm. And so uh, the price of that card went up a whole, whole lot. So it's become, it, it really drives the price of this very, very good deck um, going forward. Yeah. I... That has been a problem that Bushiro has had is they'll print support for these old archetypes that require the older cards, but a lot of the time they just don't reprint those older cards. And every now and then it feels like Bushi Road almost learns the lesson. Like there was a point where they started reprinting. I think they reprinted Commander Thavas way back in G era. They made it a triple R, so it was cheaper after the Not original GR. They made it a rare, like a single yeah. rare. Oh wait, I might be thinking. Okay, I might have said the wrong name, but I was thinking of the Stride, where it was originally a GR, and then I think they reprinted it as a Triple R. No, I'm, I'm, I'm. I don't think there I, was. I know one. we're thinking of the same yeah. card. It's the, okay. It was a rare. Yeah, told you. Hmm. What I'm saying is that, like, yeah, they they did that. They also did that with um the Grade Three Searcher for Shadow Paladin and Aqua Force that have gotten mm-hmm. driven up to such like sacrilegiously high, like. I, I went looking for the the Aqua Force one because I have like a premium deck that's kind of meme-y. but I, I went looking for it and the second I saw that number, like Jesus should have come down from heaven and just kicked me in the face. Like that is too much money for a grade one that searches a grade three. It's not yeah. game winning. It's just it's consistency related, which like almost makes it necessary. Mm-hmm. Yes, but like what's annoying is that the original Stride Fodders that these things are based off of were rares in the first place. And those were, you know, extremely essential to almost any game plan. Yeah. So why would they why would they do that? Like these are staples in pretty much any deck that runs grade threes, which of fucking duh. So to do that is almost like soaking your player base by accident because they're mm-hmm. not really getting any direct benefit from uh you know secondary market stuff so it's all just rarity stuff which brings me to the video that uh chris from our luck of the sackish episode shared with us in our group chat um where they fucked with the rarities of uh set releases starting with silver dust blaze Mm -hmm. and then ostensibly it was supposed to increase the pull rates of vrs because I think it was something like 26 per case or something like that and then but then some of those were SVRs so they just discontinued the SVRs and made all and took the extras and made them into VRs essentially to try and make the pull rate better but then that kind of diluted the set and so now it's harder to pull the specific VR that you want. And in general, the pull rates actually went down. Oh, yeah. man. Think I summarized that? Yeah. In addition to that, like, because the amount of VRs you get in the case is still generally the same. Mm-hmm. But there's five now instead of, like, the usual three and sometimes four. Like, for easy maths, let's just do something like, what, like, 20? So now that there's five... Uh, of them, if you divide 5 by 20, there's 4, so you're going to get 4 of each, supposedly. Mm-hmm. But then, if we were to say, like, if we went to um, back to 4, you would have gotten 5 of each. 
right? Mm -hmm. So that means per case, there's less of each copy that even though there's the same number of VRs, there's less of each copy. But that's just not less of each copy in like a, like a, like a isolated area. Like you just had to open like a few boxes and you had one more VR of one than the other. That means the entire circulation of the VRs for a specific VR is less because each case has less copies of a certain VR or a certain triple R. Mm -hmm. Which like drives up, not only like drive, like it drives up the amount of like uh, cases people buy, but that also dr heavily drives up the amount of singles people buy because there's just less singles available. Yeah. And so, like, in addition to like the current support needing older cards that are going to be price hiked, like the newer cards are also just expensive off the bat due to supply and demand. So, Nexus the good news the is that. Economics podcast? Yeah. <laughs> Like, the good news is that Bushiroad has heard people complaining about it and will be fixing it, but they won't be fixing it until, like, two sets from now. So Silver Dust Blaze is going to have the lower drop rates, and then I think the next set afterward, which was... Stop. Guys, <laughs> like, you, you gotta stop with the RPG talk. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> gonna have the lower pull rates, and then so is Moonlight or Fly, and then finally the set after they will correct the pull rate so that people can get the proper amounts of vrs that we're expecting so you hit the ground yeah, i'm sure then glad a whole bunch of people don't like night rose and harry <laughs> yeah that's what that's yeah. so annoying like the, the first it's a set with overlord stuff super popular mm -hmm. uh, Captain Bright. stuff you know reasonably popular and then you know night rose and harry both super popular just Idiots. Come on. Then we have Mega Colony. Yeah, they're fixing... Man, I'm super excited for those Mega Colony cards. Yeah. The, the uh, but then Shadow Talent and that's that too, so... Well, I want to say at least they listen. Unlike yeah. fucking Konami. Holy shit. What they do with their pull rates is stupid. Uh, It's short been a printing. while. What, oh, short printing. Yeah, that's dumb. No, they've taken it to the next level. Oh, Next level got, for printing. It yeah. got worse after I left. Oh yeah. So before whenever oh, yeah, they yeah. short printed. So what? In case people don't know what short printing is, because thank God they don't have that in Vanguard. Um, short printing is yeah. when they print a card of a certain rarity, but the chances of getting that card are actually less than that rarity. Uh, so they usually did this for sets like extra boosters, stuff like that that had like uh, everything was kind of like highish rarity and it was like kind of easy to get certain cards it should have been anyway but what they did was for the really chase money cards that they knew were going to be important or meta or they knew they were going to be popular what they would do is they would print it of the same rarity but then they would make it like oh if you buy a box you can only get one of these or you can only get two of these short printed cards even though statistically you should get like five of them or more well because they're usually um, like rares right like the single well rare. well well we're talking about extra boosters right now. Which sometimes tend to comments. Be like, yeah, sometimes comments, but no one really cares too much about that. But so, yeah, but usually in extra boosters, because they usually give you better rates of getting good cards because they're like, oh, there's only super and secret. So if you have a, and there's like what, like, like three, three supers, two secrets. So the chances of you getting the secrets you want and multiple copies of it should be really high because the pool of secrets is also smaller. 
But then they significantly reduce the chance that, purposely significantly reduce the chance that you get certain chase secret rare cards by making it so that you can you can only really get one, maybe two if you're super lucky in a box. Even though you should, even though you have like a full place of everything else from the box. Um, they took it to the next level because they started doing that in main sets and for like absolute staple cards, like staple cards that you need in every single deck, not just a, not just a specific deck like in the extra boosters, but like every deck. And that's when things start getting to like you need multiple cards in like the ninety to one hundred dollar range, mm. and that's like pretty dumb. And like yeah. almost every deck. Almost every deck needs at least one to, like, three of those kinds of cards. Yeah, luckily, I think Commander Thothis was actually the only time where you needed four copies of a $100 card. Oh, no, no, I'm not talking about, like, you don't. You only need, like, one copy of them per deck. Yeah. But every deck needed, like, two or three copy, or two or three different cards, one copy of them, that were approximately mm-hmm. that price. Oh, yeah. and then we had, like, this, there were some staples, though, that were, like, you had to have three copies. Like, Infinite Impermanence. Fuck that card. Yeah. Um, but I'm making the point that, like, for as bad as the price gouging can get in Vanguard sometimes, it usually levels up into, like, the 30 to $50 range. And I think Commander Thavos was the only time it really went crazy into the $100 range. Yu-Gi-Oh got the audacity to also include the special rarity stuff like in Vanguard, but they still short print the cards. So you have the short printed version, and then you have the extra, extra special short printed version. <laughs> Access at Night, the complaining about Yu-Gi-Oh price gouging podcast. Shit, dude, they're pleading. Yeah. Like that might be the longest one we, we've said. <laughs> um... I think our point was somewhere way over there, and I totally forgot what it was. Uh, we were talking about the economy of Vanguard. Oh, Pretty like, much. as a reason Pricing. why you might, like, the, it might not the be... The pull rates of cards. The pull right. rates of cards. So, with that At being... least they're listening, unlike, unlike Konami. At least they're <sighs> listening and trying to fix the pull rates. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it kind of reminds... Like, Boucherode almost reminds me of, like, an overzealous puppy. Who like really wants to like do well? It wants to follow your commands, but it, it just doesn't understand its size yet because it, it, it's like grown into the body of a dog, but it's still kind of a puppy. So you're like mm-hmm. sit, and then it like knocks over your chair. Yeah, I feel like that's what they do when they try to balance the gifts. You know what I mean? They're like, hey, we yeah. want to make Excel better, uh, but then they kind of like you know yeah, fuck everything else. They're overzealous. Which is not yeah. bad. It just they causes bad stuff. Yeah, they just need to like maybe slow down a bit. Yeah, because this is the exact same thing that happened in G era, right? Yeah, where they had a like, nice balance going for about two or three sets there, and then they just fucking yeah. you know went into ludicrous. But also, speed. like before that, we kind of got into this meta where setting aside. Uh, grade stalling and things like, you know, things like Seven Runner and ML, or not, Sank Guard. Like, a lot of the decks were just really fast, superior call from the deck, multi-attack a lot decks, too. That could also, like, gain decent amounts of advantage. Yeah. I mean, at least in that point, games could at least last till around grade, like, second stride, third stride, still. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Um, Night Rose was kind of the exception, and I think kind of like Night Rose and to an extent Gear Chronicle was kind of ahead of the game there. And decks kind of like caught up to become them essentially with their amazing first stride turns. Yeah. Uh, and that's where things started hitting the fan, and that's kind of like that's kind of what's I think is kind of happening with the current standard meta. Because mm-hmm. it's like you had those you had those Excel decks that just beat you on grade three turn or second grade three turn sometimes if they don't outright slaughter you the first one. And now they're just like upping the speed of a bunch of decks. Like we said, giving everything multi attacks except they hit harder as their version of power creep. Which mm-hmm. there's only so hard you can hit before that's a problem. Which is exactly what happened in G era too. We yeah. had what Gear Chronicle and Night Rose were like multi attack decks, but they were generally pretty small and then suddenly like Novos could restand but really big. Uh DI had it, but DI at the time was, I think, unintentional. I mean, only the good thing about Rose that kind of made her kind of stand the test of time for a while was she was really flexible. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, pretty much everyone started getting a bunch of multi attacks, and then it started getting bigger and bigger multi attacks. And then, how do we stop the multi attacks? Well, we'll create like degenerate stuff like Redora. Yeah. So Redora was cool for what it was worth. It was cool, it just wasn't really fun game design. Oh, sure. So standard. So, Mm -hmm. this also brings (laughs) us to uh, all this talk of a reset, and all this talk of, like, power creep, uh, also brings me to another reason why I'm not sure if it's entirely good to invest right now into Vanguard. Because right now, for the foreseeable future, there's no competitive tournaments. Mm -hmm. Uh, But you can still buy the cards. And, you know, right now, uh, like Matt and everyone said, Link Joker and Kagura are doing extremely well. So you might be like, hey, let's invest in, you know, Kagura and Link Joker. Let's go, like, you know, once this is over, let's go win our, some tournaments with our Tier 1 decks. But there is a trend going on with the most recently released sets that it, it's not guaranteed to continue, but it might just continue. In that when Try 3 came out, Try three. The decks in Try three kind of pushed out the current top deck, so they kind of pushed out Narakami, Aqua Fourth. They just pushed them out from tier one. Didn't push that Narakami though. They yeah. were they were not as pushed far down as say um, they were not pushed down as far as Aqua Force, but they were definitely started to be pushed down by Gear Chronicle. Uh, def- but then after that, Majesty Lord Blaster came out, and the Majesty Lord Blaster like pushed Try three down. And then after Majesty Lord Blaster came out, uh, Silver Silver Dust came out, and Silver Dust like pushed um, Majesty Lord Blaster and Tri Three even further down. So we have like these sets, three sets in a row where there was just really clear power creeping of the previous sets. So it makes you think the next set that's coming out are those going to power creep the previous set? Is by investment into the Tier 1 Kagura, Tier 1 Link Joker deck going to just be power creeped in the very next set? And, like, yeah. So, if you buy the Tier 1 deck, you may not even, it might not even be Tier 1 by the time you even get to a tournament anymore. Fuck. <laughs> um, 
So basically, if you want to buy cards, you just buy what interested in and then see if it's good uh, at the end of this whole shenanigans. Yeah. So, like, from a competitive player standpoint, or even someone who, like, you know, thinks size are fun, but it's expensive, like, should you even buy it? Because it's good now, but then it's going to become bad later at a possibly rapid pace. Well, we're putting forth a thesis statement, so let me ask you, boys. Do you think... It's worth it to at least keep up with the releases going on, or would you rather wait until we have more of a picture of what society is going to look like after this pandemic? If you if you like the clan a lot, go ahead and keep up with it. No big deal. Yeah. Um, but as far as like buying the best deck, just to have the best deck, no point. Yeah, I agree Thank- with Matt. I'm still gonna like buy Rose, because I really like Rose. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, it's going to suck for the people who, they like a certain deck, but then that deck becomes meta during this period. Yeah. Which has always been a problem, but I guess that is the other thing, is that depending on what clan you play, Bushi Road can sometimes go a very long time between support <laughs> Spike Brothers. I mean, it's yeah. not It's not even meta, James. It's... Yeah. It's hyped. You know, the, there is no meta. It's just we're just kind of sitting in our homes with our cards on CFA. Yeah, there's no but, like tournament results. But that's something else to consider if you're investing in the game because, you know, let's say you do like Kagero and they make like three Kagero sets in a row, uh, like you're gonna be spending a lot of money on the game versus, like I said, Sprite Brothers. You maybe get support once a year. Oh, I kind of think that Bushiro kind of caught on to that lesson a little bit because they mm-hmm. haven't released like, like I said, uh, they haven't released an, another set containing a main character clan yet during this period. Which usually yeah. they would have released at least one by now. So I think they might be kind of learning the lesson about that, or they're setting up for a reset. So they're like, hey, we're gonna give everyone one last wave of support. <laughs> well, yeah. There's one more thing I wanted to to talk about and that was also in that uh, video by Solomon Vanguard which by the way that video and the video for uh, the rarity problem in Silver Dust Blaze uh, that we're referring to will be in the show notes so if you want to go check it out you can but um, there is a school of thought floating around right now that uh, Vanguard is setting up to go into set rotation much like Magic the Gathering how possible do we think that is and how do you think that's going to affect the game it's not really possible because of the way they really support yeah, uh, yeah. you have clans that just like do support for a long time and you have clans that can support much more frequently so set mm-hmm. rotations wouldn't actually ch- like wouldn't actually change like, the only way they could do something like Shet Rotation is, like, each clan can only use their past two waves of support. Mm-hmm. And, you have yeah. to, and then you have to figure out how PRs count in that. It's a whole fucking asshole. But Another, I mean, like, problem associated with, like, the Magic way is even if it's, like, they're going to do, like, a rotation every every year, pretty much, or every two years... Like if a clan gets it like towards the end of the year, that means they overhaul have less time to play with the new cards compared to 
the clans that got it earlier in the in the rotation period. Mm-hmm. Which is like, uh, Magic doesn't have that problem because they release cards of all the colors in every yeah. single set. So unless they have like some giant Vanguard mega set every time a set gets released, uh, it's gonna be yeah. Boring. They'll have to significantly change it. And I like what Matt said about like you know, yeah, they have to play with like you only play with like the the most recent two waves. I guess that can kind of work. Uh, there might be like community backlash against this whole. There will def- I think there will definitely be community backlash. People get very attached to certain archetypes, and the way Bushiro designs cards for this game kind of encourages it because they'll keep like revamping certain cards. Like Overlord has eight different forms. We like to. No. I like to hammer this point into the ground because. Wait, wait eight. Di- hang on. There's himself, the great, the X, the end, uh, the legend, that's five. Uh, what am I missing? Well, What's the last three? I think when I was saying A, that was from, like, Giera, but oh. there's, a, there's a lot of different overlords is my point, right? Gotcha. I think that they also won't do the, you know, like, last two wave thing, mm-hmm. because... I don't think it's good for them financially. Because the thing is, if, like, the first wave of, like, a quote-unquote rotation is bad, you're probably not going to buy the second wave unless it's completely busted. Yeah. And kind of, like, if your second wave is, like, not very good, then if you're, if, the, if the second set of the of that rotation is not good, people probably won't buy it. But then that will affect the next set. Because if that set is trash, then after the rotation, after the the older set gets rotated out, you have a newer set, but people are less likely to buy that newer set because the past wave was completely garbage. Versus, say, um, versus, say, um, Magic the Gathering, which all the colors are in every single set. So you kinda, you're gonna get profit no matter what. There's not gonna be like a group of people who just don't buy it because it's not what they want for standard. Uh, I mean, I think if they lowered the size of support cards for each set where instead of having you know a third of a set of cards most of which go unused uh, mm-hmm. for a clan maybe you have like I don't know five or six for all 24. So basically back to the idea of the mega set where yeah mega set Bob like Magic Baring does except I, like I have no idea how they're going to make that giant of a set Holy crap. I guess you would support like I guess you would do it in quarters like just every season you would release a set that supported like six different clans. I and I guess it could work if they have like every every clan gets like a TD to start off, I guess. Yeah. But that might also be money issues cuz like not all the TDs will sell well, so they might lose money off that. Okay. So if uh okay, going off of Silver Dust plays, there's 81 new cards in 8 reprints in Silver Dust Blaze. So if there's 24 clans everyone uh, gets like three cards, four cards. Yeah. Yeah, like either that. Three to four. See, cards. I was thinking like they release set, they would just release sets less often but have more clans per set. So instead of releasing sets every month, maybe every three months, but they also support like six clans per her set release. So 
I mean, it used to be every three months, but uh, they yeah. just fucking... Like, that's what people are thinking, that this might be the end for V-Series, is because this is ludicrous speed. Um, I mean, has they've been, been doing releasing sets every month for a while. There were... Well, it slowed down around the middle of the era because of set delays, not because they really changed their marketing strategy. Uh, like, once the delays got over with, they just went right back to pumping out a set every month. It could also be, like, the ludicrous era, the ludicrous speed thing, was because of delays of COVID. So once mm -hmm. they could start printing things again, they kind of had, they wanted to, like, catch up to where they expected to be. So they could have been releasing sets a bit quicker to try and catch up to where they wanted to be. Because you gotta remember, uh, designing sets also takes time and mm -hmm. resources. And yes, it does. Sets, I'm actually very curious about how early in advance Bushy Road designs sets. I know like Magic is like a year or so in advance, um, but that's a different topic. Yeah, I feel like Bushy Road probably designs things very short term because they respond like, to things like pretty. Yeah. Quickly. Which I think we'll just save that for another episode. That's uh, that's always something that I wish I could get into the inner workings on, and mm -hmm. I I keep trying to pick the brain of Solomon, uh, different fight because they're not. It's not like they're you know in the room or anything, but they they have more resources than we do when it comes to the inner workings of Bushiroad, and they either don't know or can't tell me. And it, it, it's something that I feel like would go a long way to making this podcast more in-depth because, for the most part, a lot of this is speculation. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I, I made up an archetype of card designer as a joke, but it just came from my frustration of stuff that just didn't help. It was just there. And they're like, yeah, man, this is my best effort. And you're like, okay thanks i hate it you know like it it, it, just, <laughs> it, it didn't it didn't do anything and, and that's why i made up gary but if i if i knew more about the you know card design process or how far in advance they're doing all this i might be inclined to be less stupid and wouldn't that be better for everybody oh if only. <laughs> um is there anything else we want to uh say about this topic about whether it's worth it to uh keep up with all this i think matt said it best where if you if you like your clan keep up with it and maybe just don't try and keep up with the crowd there's no crowd pretty much yeah i think i'm with matt there like i think this is the worst time to be a competitive vanguard player i think Casually, you'll probably find a way to manage it, although yeah, I mean, even then, I feel I, like sometimes the second-hand market can be really bad to casual players. Yeah, oh, yeah. and I think unless you're a very collector type of person and you mm -hmm. want to play Vanguard casually, I think right now things like Cardfight Area is like much better if you just want to play casually but don't really care about collecting cards. Mm-hmm. We're we're in a we're in a weird era, um, but I think that's okay. Now, I don't think there's really anything else we can say about it, so I guess we will uh, pass it on to you, the listener. Are you keeping up with all of the cards coming out? I mean, if you're listening to this podcast week week after week, that's kind of a loaded question. But uh, 
are are you going to keep up with it? Where do you see yourself in the future of Vanguard? Um, think about that. Get back to us and maybe bring me a sandwich. I think that's about it for this episode of Nexus at Night. Guys, where can people find you? You can find Matt on Twitter at Wiggums 2 gs 2 gs You can find me on Twitter at uh, Plasma Eclipse. I do art sometimes. And I pretty much don't exist on the internet. So, yeah. The internet really? is forever, my friend. Figure it out. That's true. Um, if only we could stop existing on the internet. Yeah, but then why wouldn't I be able to spout off good place memes? Anyway, uh, you can find me at Atlas Novak on Twitter or Instagram, or you can find my other show at Bad Reading Pod in the same places. Uh, the episode we have coming out this week is about Dragon Ball Z, and I have to say this, the day is over 9,000. So, <laughs> that's a thing. Uh, so when are you going to do a Vanguard fanfic on the show? I don't know. I, I need to... For the record, uh, Kai and Aichi is canon. Just for the record. Wait, are you Kai, a- Kai X Dragonic Overlord is also canon. I can't tell if he's kidding or not. Is he kidding? <laughs> Alright, anyway. Okay, anyway, yeah. Uh, sure. And this show at Nexus at Night. Thanks everybody for listening. I was Atlas. I'm Matt. I'm Root Beer. I'm James. And have a good night, everybody. Mm-hmm.